Hey, you're folks, the Green 19 Packers Podcast. Alright Packers fans, it's a Thursday night here in Aurora, New York, uh, September 27th, right around 6.40pm. Gonna get this episode in before Thursday night football, hopefully watch the Rams take down the Vikings uh, this Thursday night. Uh, Didn't get a chance to get a podcast out last week, there were some technical difficulties uh, from my end, hopefully that gets shared up tonight and uh, we'll get this episode out there before... Uh, Sunday's matchup against the 1-2 Buffalo Bills. Um, But the Packers have had a, I guess you could call it a rough two weeks, um, tying the Minnesota Vikings, and then you could see that both the Packers and the Vikings came out lackadaisical uh, this past Sunday, the Vikings losing 27-6 to the Bills, who looked like they weren't going to win a game this year. Uh, Josh Allen got his first career win, and... The Bills looked really well, really, uh, really good against the Vikings on Sunday, and the Packers came out extremely flat against a very beatable Washington Redskins team. Um, we'll recap that game, and we'll give a look ahead to uh, the Bills game on Sunday, and also talk about some things. Probably uh, some Aaron Jones. We'll talk about Aaron Jones. We'll talk about the Bashad Breland signing, which is a signing I really like. Been vocal about it on Twitter. And uh, probably talk about uh, some Clay Matthews roughing the passer penalties. So we got a lot to go over, but I think we'll just go over the uh, the Redskins game there. Uh, really not much you could say about it. It was a pretty uh, poor effort all around from the Packers. Uh, Aaron Jones returned from his suspension, had six carries for 42 yards and a catch for five yards. Um, the Packers have been really struggling to get the running game going, and it's tough when you got Aaron Rodgers hobbling out there on one leg. Uh, everything's uh, in the either the shotgun or the pistol, and nothing's under center. So it's tough, really tough to get the running game going, especially with guys like Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery. Uh, they just don't have that burst that a guy like Aaron Jones does. And uh, McCarthy said that you know it's a loaded backfield with Montgomery and Williams in there, and then uh, Aaron Jones coming off of his suspension, so he wasn't he wasn't going to hop right in and get all the carries. Um, as you can see, he only had six, but he was averaging seven yards on those carries, and uh, I believe Jones' first run, one for 10 or 11 yards right off the bat, so, uh, and Aaron, Aaron Rodgers was pretty vocal about it yesterday in his, uh, his, uh, answering questions at his locker about finding ways to get Aaron Jones the ball, because he's a playmaker, and, uh, you see what he does when he's out there on the field, so, um, but if we take a look at, uh, the Packers running game stats there. Uh, Jones led the team with 42 yards rushing. Jamal Williams only had 5 carries, 29 yards. Uh, Ty Montgomery had 4 carries for 16. So the Packers really didn't run the ball. It's tough to run the ball when you get put yourself in a 14-0 hole uh, like the Packers did. And uh, Another game where the Packers just seem to come out flat on both sides of the ball. The defense has been a real disappointment through three games. Mike Pettin's been the team's made some adjustments. You saw in week one against the Bears where they came out and they gave up, what, six points in the second half. In the Vikings game, they came out strong in the first half and collapsed in the second and then came out strong in the second half against the Redskins but came out flat in the first. So um, 
there's much to talk about on the defensive side of the ball. You take a look, uh, and I think the obvious guy you want to talk about and point fingers at is Kentrell Bryce. But uh, Eric Reed just signed with the Panthers today, someone that really would have liked to seen the Packers go after, but uh, I guess you could say he's got some character issues there. But Eric Reed instantly upgrade this defense um, to a certain extent, and haha, Clinton Dix just is not haha, Clinton Dix, and Kentrell Bryce has been just very poor through three games, and I've never been a huge Kentrell Bryce fan, but, and Josh Jones should be back this week, but that just shows, Josh Jones is still going to be behind Kentrell Bryce, so that shows how little faith, faith the Packers have in Josh Jones, who's looking like a real disappointment um, as a second-round pick a year back. Um, Kevin King left the game. Oh, Kevin King didn't even play, I'm sorry. He left the Vikings game with an injury. Uh, Kevin King didn't even play against the Redskins. Um, and Devon House obviously was battling that shoulder injury, apparently. But uh, Devon House looked just horrible. He had a penalty on defense on a third down play, had a penalty on special teams on a decent punt return. He couldn't seem to do anything right. And I put in my game preview for the Redskins game to find ways not to play Devon House, and Devon House played, and uh, it cost the team uh, substantially throughout the game. So that's just... its The defense has really been struggling. There's no pass rush. Nick Perry uh, is in the concussion protocol. But the, he's been non-existent through three games, and he's getting pay, paid just a boatload of money. Same with Clay Matthews. And Clay Matthews, there's, Bob McGinn came out with the report that he's probably not going to be back in Green Bay next year. We'll see. But Clay Matthews just, he, he hasn't had it the last few years. And, uh, and then you have Kyler Fackrell and Reggie Gilbert, the only other outside backers the Packers have. So the, And Muhammad Wilkerson uh, lost for the year with an ankle injury, had surgery on it Sunday night in Washington. Um, he hasn't been placed on the IR yet, I believe, but he will soon. And I uh, heard today that the Packers were looking to sign by Brian Price, bring him back off the uh, Browns um, practice squad, but uh, the Browns upped his pay a little bit, so it looks like he'll remain in Cleveland for the time being. But uh, let's take a look at that secondary, and Jair Alexander's been very good through three games so far. I uh, had a ticky-tack penalty in the first half against Washington, and it was uh, Paul Richardson, I believe, right, that scored that long touchdown. Technically, it was Alexander's man, even though Bryce was over the top and should have made a play on the ball but didn't, and that resulted in a long score. Mike Pettins talked about, and same with Joe Witt Jr., talked about the long plays that happened in the Vikings game on Devon House with Stephon Diggs. It's, they're just going to keep coming. Teams are going to take shots. And especially a team like the Bills on Sunday with a rookie quarterback who's got a rocket arm, they're going to let him sling the ball a little bit. And I keep taking shots too on that defense if I know the Packers have questions at safety like they do. And uh, I know haha, Clinton Dix has two picks through three games. But that dude, I can't even, I can't even watch him out there. And this is... The safety play has just been a real disappointment. I know Raven Green, who I'm a little bit of a fan of, was active for the game. And uh, the safeties have just been really, really poor. Oren Bricks didn't get many defensive snaps. 
had a stop and I believe his first play on Adrian Peterson who looked like Adrian Peterson from six seven years ago that's usually what happens when the Packers play Adrian Peterson um but overall the defense was just a, a real disappointment on Sunday came out flat and you know so did the offense though uh Rodgers only practiced on Saturday again just like he did for the Vikings he was in the rehab group all week and you can tell that missing the practice time really affected some of the throws that he made uh Devontae Adams dropped a third down play uh that was almost picked off his hands throws just behind him he's there guys there just behind him uh um um the Randall Cobb drop on the fourth down play where he ran the slant that ball was behind him I know th- those are both catches that especially a guy like Adams who has the ability to be a top 10 receiver in the league is right around in that conversation those are catches that even though it throws a touch behind you you gotta make and Aaron Rodgers makes those throws 99 times out of 100 but when you're practicing one time one day a week and it's a walkthrough you know you're gonna miss it. he's he missed a couple throws he wasn't himself um you could tell he didn't look comfortable he was running a little bit more which you really don't want from a guy like Rodgers on that knee uh there was the one RPO where <laughs> Devontae Adams I think it was a third and short and um, he wanted to hit Devontae Adams on the right side, and Adams was blocking, and uh, Rodgers had to escape to the left and <laughs> rolled forward for three yards on her, three or four yards on a third and one or two. So it's just not all there. It's still week. It's only week four, and you hate to be so um, pessimistic, but it happens year after year, and just once I want to see the Packers get off to a hot start, and. It, Part, I put part of the blame on Mike McCarthy. I did on all over Twitter. I said if this season doesn't end in anything but a Super Bowl, I'm sending McCarthy on his way. And I, Aaron Nangler, I believe, says that he thinks McCarthy would be gone if they barely make the playoffs and have an early exit. They think he'd be gone. But you got to remember, Brian Gutekinds doesn't have the power to fire Mike McCarthy. That power goes to the uh, president, which is Mark Murphy. So... There's a lot of moving, a lot of moving uh, puzzle pieces there. Um, I'll touch quick on the uh, roughing the passer penalties that Clay Matthews had to go through. Um, really don't want to spend a lot of time on it because that topic can be talked about forever. But um, Clay Matthews had the the costly one against the Bears in Week One that was clearly roughing the passer. It was just a boneheaded play by him to extend the drive, but the Bears ended up uh, turning the ball over few plays later and then the one against the Vikings um that was just that was horrible really don't I don't know what to say that hasn't already been said on that and um the one against the Redskins where uh Matthews comes right up the middle and just completely blows up Alex Smith and <laughs> you could see Matthews reaction he looked right at the ref after because he it, it wasn't that he thought he did something wrong because he didn't he, I mean, he, he tackled the quarterback. When you, I played football. I played high school football. When you tackle a guy straight on like that, your body weight's gonna land on him. That's physics. And Matthews uh, made the hit. Uh, saw the flag from the ref, and you could just see the look on his face. Like, and he, you could see it on the look on his face in the postgame uh, locker room. And he's saying the NFL is getting soft, and there's nothing else these defensive players can do. Um, it's it's just getting to a point. I think I saw a stat that said Clay Matthews 
from 2009 to 2017 had four roughing the passer penalties. This year alone, he's had three. I mean, it's it's a shame, and you know, it's gonna we won't see a real change midseason, but it's gonna have an effect. Uh, whether it be a playoff game or later in the year, it's gonna have an effect. Um, but I gotta change my attitude. It's a new week. Uh, it's Bills week. Uh, week four. Lambeau Field, 1 o'clock Sunday. The 1 and 2 Bills uh, visit the 1 1 and 1 Green Bay Packers. Uh, the Packers, I believe, are like 10, 10 and a half point favorites for Sunday's game. Now, the Vikings were, I think, 17, 17 and a half point favorites, which is, even, even for the Bills, for any NFL team, in my opinion, it seems absurd. Um, and I'll be honest with you. A little nervous about the game on Sunday. It's a game the Packers should win. The Packers are the better team. They're at home. Um, it should be a confidence-boosting game for the defense. It should be. It should be one of those games, a bounce-back game. It's and um, kind of get the ball rolling again. But I don't know. There's something about it. I'm not sure what it is. Um, I think it's going to be closer than people think. Um, but I guess we'll have to see. We'll have to let it all play out. Sean McCoy says he's going to play on Sunday. Missed last week's game against the Vikings. It looks like um, Josh Jones will play this week. That's what it looks like. Uh, the Packers injury report. Aaron Rodgers practiced today, actually, for the first time uh, in a while. So that's a that's a step in the right direction for Rodgers, uh, not just being in the rehab group and practicing on Saturdays, but getting him some practice time during the week. Uh, that's good news on that front, but Jimmy Graham uh, has been dealing with a knee injury, I believe Randall Cobb has been dealing with a hammy, so the Packers, uh, <laughs> I believe the last episode I talked about was how healthy the Packers have been so far, um, besides the Rodgers knee injury, and now they've lost Mo Wilkerson to the, uh, uh, for the season it looks like, and Devon House for the season, although the Packers did sign Bashad Breeland to one year around 800000 790000 that's just a, that's the guy signed for three years, thirty or three years, twenty-four million, with the Panthers in the offseason. One of the top corners on the uh, free agent market. So now you take a look at that Packers cornerback room. When healthy, Kevin King. When healthy, he did practice today, I believe. Not sure if he'll play Sunday, but you got Kevin King, Tremont Williams, Josh Jackson, Jair Alexander, and now Bashad Breeland. Those are <laughs> just a complete one eighty from last year's uh, outlook at that position. So I really love the the Breland signing. Not sure how much of an impact he'll have on Sunday, um, but but we'll see. I, I'm sure they'll work, they'll work him in slowly. Um, it'll be interesting to see who the Packers uh, add to the 53 when they put M- Wilkerson on the, uh, on the injury reserve. Um, staying on the injury front, uh, Brian Bulaga left the game against the Redskins and Jason Spriggs ooh, Jason Spriggs uh, took his spot and Justin McRae also left the game against the Redskins and we saw I believe very little of Lucas Patrick and a lot of Byron Bell and it's expected that Byron Bell is going to start at right guard on Sunday um, hold your breath and it looks like Brian Bulaga is probably going to play on Sunday so that's good news there uh, you would really hate going into a game. I don't care who you're playing, with the right side of the line being 
Byron Bell and Jason Spriggs. Now, Bell's a lot better at the guard position than he is tackle, but he was a revolving door in the preseason. Um, I guess we'll have to see uh, how Bulaga is, and hopefully he can go. Hopefully, we'll see a little more Mercedes Lewis, at least in the, ooh, at least in some pass-blocking situations, give the uh, offensive linemen some help. That's another thing <laughs> with, when, when we're talking about Mercedes Lewis. Freaking Lance Kendricks, man. Like, what does... I, I don't understand how that dude is still on the 53-man roster. You've got four tight ends, Jimmy Graham, Mercedes Lewis, Lance Kendricks, and Robert Tanyan. I don't think Tanyan drops that ball down the uh, sideline on the third down there against the Redskins. After that drop, you pretty much knew there was no comeback. Kendricks has been dropping everything since he arrived here last year. It's been a real disappointment. I don't know how he's sticking around. Um, but I, we really haven't seen much of any of Mercedes Lewis um, through three games. And I, I'm a big Mercedes Lewis guy. I think he's more of a receiving threat than others think. Um, others think he's just there to block. But if we see Spriggs on Sunday along with Bell, there better be a lot more Mercedes Lewis. Another thing when it, we hopefully will see on Sunday is a lot more a lot more Aaron Jones. I don't know if we will, um, but I've said it time and time again. I know I'm not in the minority. I'm in the majority. Aaron Jones is by far the most talented uh, back on the roster. Every time that dude is in, he uh, something positive happens. Um, we know the pass pro has been an issue. That's why you see Ty Montgomery in there. That's why you see Jamal Williams in there. Um, and pass pro is very important with a guy like Aaron Rodgers out there on one leg. Um, but you get the right now the Packers rank, I believe, 24th in uh, rushing in the league. You get the running game go. Uh, you get the running game going. It opens up options throwing the ball. And the Packers got to get guys like Jimmy Graham going. They got to get guys like. Um, Devontae Adams going, and they got it, Geronimo Allison's been the big surprise, he's played very well through, through uh, three games, and we know uh, he had the long touchdown there on Sunday, and Adams had a touchdown, and Randall Cobb just probably had the worst game of his career, um, but I think you get the running game going with a guy like Aaron Jones, give him 10 to 15 touches a game, at, at least 10 touches a game. That dude's, he just makes things happen. I know that uh, we saw it last year in that Cowboys game. And we saw it in other games. He, he came in against the uh, Buccaneers in overtime. One carry for like 20-some yards and touchdown end of the game. So, the Packers have very few playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. And Aaron Jones is one of them. He needs to be on the field. It's that simple. But let's take a look at that Bills team. Uh, former Packers safety. Um, former Packers do it every, do it all, man. Uh, Micah Hyde is returning to Lambeau Field for the first time since he left in free agency a couple years back. Um, Hyde played some safety, played some corner, played some punt returner for the Packers. Um, really a Swiss Army knife. And the Packers really didn't offer him anything uh, in free agency. He had a big 20, uh, I believe it was 2016 season, real big year. And signed with Buffalo, and the Packers have struggled to safety pretty much ever since. But he'll return to Green Bay. And along with that Bills defense, a matchup uh, that I think you should keep an eye on is probably Trey Davius White uh, is going to be following around Devontae Adams on Sunday. Uh, White kind of locked up uh, Stephon Diggs against the Vikings. 
on this past Sunday. Adam Thielen had a pretty good game. I don't think Vontae Davis had a very good game, but the <laughs> you'll see White shadowing Adams um, on Sunday, and uh, that's going to be a big matchup because uh, Adams, is he's gone up against Xavier Rhodes and uh, went up against a little Josh Norman this past Sunday, and Adams has done pretty well uh, through three games, um, but Tredavious White's another, another uh, tough matchup for him. All that being said, expect the Packers to be throwing the ball a lot on Sunday. Uh, the Bills only give up 80 yards rushing a game. Uh, fifth in the league, the Packers, on the other hand, they give up 124, uh, which ranks 27th in the league. But from the offensive side of the ball, the Packers only average 89 yards rushing a game. That's 24th in the league. So expect the ball to be in Aaron Rodgers' hands a lot. Uh, the Bills give up 256 passing yards a game. That's 18th. Uh... They give up 28 points a game, which is 24th. Uh, the Packers' defensive numbers, they give up 262 yards a game passing. That's 21st in the league. In uh, points, they give up 27.7, which is 23rd. So the Packers are still in those 20s. Hopefully this is a game really gets the defense's confidence up. Uh, hopefully it's a bounce-back game for guys like Kentrell Bryce. Um, and I figure to see a good amount of... Josh Jackson and Jair Alexander on Sunday. I don't really see um, n none of the uh, Bills receivers really pose any threat to me. Kelvin Benjamin, Zay Jones, uh, none of those guys really scare me. And then you got you still have the Sean McCoy. Nothing on the Bills offense really scares me. It's just that the Packers defense is so poor. At least has been playing so poor that <laughs> any team could be a threat to the Packers right now. But it's really a game. Sean McDermott took over uh, the defensive side of the ball from Leslie Frazier, uh, I believe, in Week 2, and the Bills' defenses looked really good, so this is a game. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a tough game for the Packers on the offensive side of the ball. I think it's going to be a tough game overall. Um, I I think the Packers come out a little flat on Sunday. I do, and and I think this game's... If, I'm, if I was a betting man, I'd be, I'd be... I wouldn't take the Bills straight up, but I'd take them against the spread for sure. So the, that's just that's just my opinion on things. This is a game that I wouldn't say I'm scared scared of. I'm a little nervous though. I've got some. I live or I go to school out here in Central New York, and there's got two Bills fans that are roommates. So I'll be watching the game with them, and this is a game from a fan's perspective that I'd really like to see them win. But you take a look at the Packers' next few games going into the bye. I believe they've got the Bills this week. They've got the Lions. And Lambo, I believe, next week. And then I think they've got the 49ers. And I, I think that's what it is. I'll check here to make sure. But, yeah, right here they've got the Bills this week. They're at the Lions next week. Sorry about that. Then they're home on Monday night against the 49ers without Jimmy Garoppolo with C.J. Beathard under center. So those are all three very winnable games. The Packers going to the bye at, four. what is it, uh, yeah, 4-1-1. One and then we return to play at the Rams, at the Patriots. Those are some tough games there, but going to that bye week, 4-1-1, get healthy, get Rodgers' knee uh, back in shape, hopefully. And, you know, get ready to tackle the harder part of your schedule. Because right now the Packers and Vikings are tied for second and third or whatever for uh, in the division right now, and the Bears are 2-1. Bears could be 3-0. Packers could be 0-3. Packers could be 2-1. So, I mean... 
The Vikings should be 2 1. It's. That's the NFL, though. I mean, any given Sunday. So even though it's at Lambeau, the Bills <laughs> strolled right into uh, to Minnesota on Sunday and won by 21 points. Um, I don't think that'll be the case this Sunday. I do think the Packers are going to win. But I expect a lot. I expect a closer game than than what Vegas is telling you. All in all, disappointing uh, two weeks for the Packers. Um, but this is a bounce back week. Hopefully, they can get back on the right track. It's still early. Um, we've seen the Packers start like this before, and then catch fire. Um, so I'm trying to stay optimistic, and I hope uh, the fans out there are trying to stay as optimistic as me. Um, I'll have my game preview up uh, probably Saturday. Um, I already told you the Packers are a win, but I'll give you my three keys to the game, and I'll give you a scoring prediction. Um, with all that said, go Pack. Uh, hopefully we'll see a, a win, get back in the win column Sunday against Buffalo Bills.